You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Tuesday. Happy game day. You are listening to Locked On Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name's Sarah. I'm your host. And today we're, I guess, getting ready to face the Colorado Avalanche because that is what is next up on our agenda. No matter how much we don't want to do it, uh, we don't have a choice. That's that's not how it works. We don't get to say that we don't want to play the team, even though they're going to probably be a lot better than us. On today's show, we're spending it with Chris Maselli, host of Locked on Avalanche, uh, to learn a little bit about his team, to learn if there's anything that we can do uh, just this once to beat them, and what exactly is in store for us tonight as we take on the Avalanche. So that is today's show. Let's not avoid this topic anymore. Let's find out what the Avalanche have for us. If it wasn't bad enough that the Kings already lost their first two games of the season, well, guess what? It's not going to get any easier from there because our next opponent is the Colorado Avalanche. And uh, that, I don't know about you, but kind of terrifies me. So we have here on the show today, Chris Maselli, host of Locked on Avalanche and also uh, part of the contributing team to Locked on NHL. He's got a show with Adam Denker on our uh, weekly, uh, daily, daily, weekly, whatever NHL uh, national show. Uh, and, uh, He's going to tell us all about the avalanche and uh, what we can expect and, and how bad we can expect it to be. So I guess kind of my first question for you is the last time that we saw the avalanche before this season, uh, mm-hmm. they were taking a, a little bit of an early bow out from the uh, the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But this year, everyone has them as Stanley Cup favorites pretty much. And uh you know, just just what what is your kind of take on that? Are you are you on the train? Do you think that you know there might be more tweaks that need to be done? I mean, obviously you want your team to win, but uh, what what are your kind yeah. of takes on on the the hockey world saying that this might be the Avalanche's year? I think it's warranted. I think they're 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 constructed to win it this year. You know, there's no more. Uh, well, we just need to add this piece or that. Really, I mean. I, I guess if you you know were putting my feet to the fire, you could say, well, maybe they need to solidify the goal tending. Uh, but I think that they're happy with who they have, and they're they're gonna make a serious run for it. Now, the the first two games that they played were polar opposites. Game one, they looked just bad, but you know, I I think there's a lot of rust to be kind of shedded for a lot of teams. And then game two was like, okay, that didn't take too long to shed that rust because they, 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 I guess that you could say that they got embarrassed in, in game one, maybe by their own doing, mm-hmm. not really so much what St. Louis did. Uh, but game two, they just flat out embarrassed St. Louis and St. Louis, you know, we know is, is a, a very good team. So if that's what the avalanche can do to, you know, one of the top tier teams, um, <laughs> I don't know if it was just St. Maybe St. Louis had the bad day, but wow, they they looked they looked un, unstoppable in that second game by far. It was it was something something to watch. So yeah, I think they're really kind of uh, putting their heads down and just saying like, yeah, like we we are made to to win this thing this year, and there's no excuses really, unless you know you get injuries or something like that. But you don't want to make injuries an excuse for what they did last year. They had injuries up and down the roster and did phenomenally. 
So there's really nothing there where you can say, why didn't you win it? I mean, you you have to go out and it, it's tough to do. You know, it's not easy to win a, a cup, but um, they, they have all the tools there up and down the lineup to compete every single night. That last game that you're talking about, by the way, for anyone who was not uh, following along with the Avalanche absolutely dismantling the St. Louis Blues, uh, the Avalanche won eight to nothing. Uh, yeah. And I, I feel like whenever I was, I, I wasn't watching that game, but I certainly follow enough people uh, on social media who were, and I felt like every time I turned around, like <laughs> another guy from the Avalanche had scored uh, yeah. and was just, I was like, is this game not over yet? And the answer was no, no. It, it was still going. <laughs> it was, yeah. In the first period, uh, there was no, no score, uh, but you could kind of see it coming. You're like, all right, well, they, they already look better than they did. Uh, at any point in game number one uh and you kind of just felt like they were going to break through and boy did they no i think looking at the avalanche i mean the one interesting thing to me just kind of scrolling through their roster is that there isn't a whole bunch of turnover from last year and i think that kind of speaks a lot to what you said about this team being built to win now and kind of having uh, having most of the pieces already uh who other than you know we all we all know Nate McKinnon we all know the damage that he does mm -hmm. uh going up against basically any team uh who on the avalanche should we really be looking out for do we need to have a game plan to maybe try to slow down at least <laughs> Well, I have been singing the praises of Andre Burkowski uh, for pretty much the entire offseason. He got a brand new deal with them. So he's going to be with, I think he got a three or four year deal with them. Um, and last year was his first year in Colorado. And he had a good year. Uh, but for his ability um, I and, and playing on a team of this caliber, I think he probably expected it more from himself. And, you know, I'm sure the team did. So I really was saying for for weeks now that watch out for Andre Burakovsky because he has a year under his belt with the team. Like you said, there was not a lot of turnover. I think the only new additions were you know were the trades with mm -hmm. Devon Taves and Brandon Saad. And other than that, uh, nothing really changed. So all of these guys, they they are, and a lot of hockey teams are close knit little families basically, and and these guys are no different. So they all know each other very well. And I just really felt like Burkowski getting a, a, a fresh contract, getting one year under his belt there, uh, getting the praise from Nathan McKinnon to that, that he's, you know, uh, he, McKinnon has called him like an elite scorer. And when he plays on the McKinnon line, which he does from time to time, Nathan McKinnon has told him, just shoot. Don't try to force the puck to me. Uh, you know, because they're they're going to be looking at me and and kind of you know knowing where I am, that should leave it open for you. And it worked for a little while last year, but this year I was really expecting him to have a great season. And so far he has. He scored in both goal. Uh, he scored a goal in both games, uh, and the second game he had a goal and an assist. So he's already got three points on the season, which is you know whatever two two games into the season. I mean, it's tied for the top on the team along with McKinnon, McCarr, and Gerard, but. It, it it's what he needed. He needed a really good start. And like I said, it's two games, but he's he's had it. So I think he is definitely one uh, that will benefit from being on this team. He got dropped down to the second line in the second game. He was on the first line with McKinnon and Rantanen. And then after that atrocious game that they had, uh, Jared Bednar was like, okay, we're, we're not doing that anymore. And Gabe Landeskog's coming back up to the top line. 
Burkowski's going down to the second line and then, you know, eight to nothing later, it seems mm-hmm. like a genius move. So yeah, I would say, I would say Burkowski is the guy to, to keep an eye on outside of the, your, you know, your normal, your usual suspects. We've got more Colorado talk coming up after this first up though. Let's talk about rockauto.com because if you are a person with a car or a truck, or if you know someone with a car or a truck, I think that covers basically everyone. Uh, you have had to shop or they have had to shop for car parts or accessories or things that you need to make your vehicle go. And it's really frustrating to have to go to the store and wander around the aisles and try to guess at what you need or know what you need and find out that it's not in stock or that it's way out of your budget, even though you didn't think it was going to be that much money. RockAuto.com can help solve all of those problems for you because number one, their prices are always the same no matter who you are. So if you are a mechanic or if you're a do-it-yourselfer or if you are someone who just wandered in off the street with like a text from your dad saying what you needed, uh, you're going to get the same exact price on RockAuto.com. Also, it's super easy to navigate their site. Uh, it You can just go and sort of sort things and put in your car, the make, the model, the year and everything and find out exactly what they have for your vehicle. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years, so they know exactly what they're doing. You can go to rockauto.com right now and check it out. See all the parts available for your car or your truck, right? Locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Of course, 2020 is mercifully over. 2021, who knows? jury's still out, but it is time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. This seems like a team with no weak links, as someone who is looking at it from the outside, a little wistfully, a little little bit jealous of, of the lineup <laughs> you know i look at it and i'm like these are all guys even the depth guys are people who i know can get the job done but you know the kings aren't listening to this rob blake isn't listening to this so you can give up secrets. <laughs> is is there a weak link in this team is there something that they are struggling with well i mean all i can go on right now is on paper and two games so based on that there, there's not. I mean, the defense didn't look good in the first game, but I mean, you can just chalk that up to being at the first game of the season. You know what I mean? So, um, but I, but they have the defenders uh, to really be a solid defensive unit in all three groups. And I don't know. I, I like all four lines are really. I, I would go as far as to say so far the best, the most consistent line in the first two games has been their fourth line. Mm-hmm. It it's and that's a scary thing to say. Like okay, like uh, you know the the maybe the second line with Kadri and now Burakovsky and Sad hasn't really gotten going. Sad hasn't had a point yet. He he he's looked a little bit of like deer in headlights almost right now. Um. So, but I mean, I'm sure he'll he'll be just fine. But I don't know where you find it. I mean, you ha- I, I I always kind of have compared to you know this roster to like the like a New York Yankees lineup. It's just like there's no if you're a pitcher, there's no uh you know batter that you can like so to speak like take a, a batter mm-hmm. off. You gotta be on your game every line, every shift, every period. It's tough. It is really tough. I mean, as far as the lines go, 
yeah, there's really no weak link. And like I said earlier, maybe if you're, if their goalies are off, that's how you beat them. You just have to outscore them, but that's tough. That's a tough ask. Yeah, yeah, I feel like I remember like last season and yeah, it's really hard to to really get any sort of picture as to what these teams look like. You know, the teams that we knew were going to be good look good. The teams we knew were going to be bad don't look particularly good. Well, Detroit's kind of surprising <laughs> people, but yeah. I think that's because they've looked like halfway competent, which is not <laughs> not a thing we saw from them really last year. But it's a little hard to to really make too much uh, too much out of yeah. anything that we're seeing yet but you know i, I remember sure. last year especially you know i know we talked around the time of the stadium series game and everything that you know it was one of those things where like you saw it and i didn't we both saw the game like totally different because i was like the kings are gonna blow this and you were like i hate playing against your stupid team <laughs> that's so <laughs> true <laughs> and, and, and you know i, I just I, I i i sort of wish that we were facing you guys like next month or something and not like the ducks or the coyotes or something to ease into it a little bit more because i think i think the kings have more than than what they've shown these first two games and i think that team that totally stymied you guys in in the in the stadium series uh you know minus the fact that tyler Toffoli scored all the goals and he's gone now but like i think that team is still in there somewhere that, that right. can frustrate the avalanche and that can make it hard on them but I feel like, and I, I talked about this on Twitter a little bit, like we all hate preseason hockey. Like it's yeah. so boring. It's slow. It's sloppy. Like half of the guys on the team you've never heard of before because they're all AHL guys. Right. But I was like, we needed preseason hockey. I, I know we didn't do it, but I, I feel like some of these games that have been ugly one way or another. It's true. Maybe, maybe if we had like at least one warm up game, guys would be not looking quite so uh yeah weird out there i agree i agree but i i do like i I, i'm really interested to see these next two games against the kings because uh you know like i've i've said it over and over again on my show like they just did not match up well with them last year Mm -hmm. so is this a completely like how i was just saying you know the avalanche team is pretty much the same team from last year that's not so much the case with the kings uh there's there's a handful of turnover uh so the defense is going to look a little different um they have mikey anderson who pretty much won a role out of training camp which everyone expected him to Uh, he's coming out of the ncaa and he's a guy who he has looked the pairing that he's on mikey anderson and matt roy has been honestly the the best pairing uh, for the kings like they've actually looked really good um drew dowdy and olimata is a thing that is happening to all of Mm. us um okay. but, you know, there's just there's not a ton of new faces one of the new faces who's already impressed me and i wasn't totally sure how this was going to go is actually andreas athanasiu who the kings got in free agency and he is already he's already yeah. scored like two goals he's showing that you know he, he's motivated uh, i know from talking with nolan from the red wing show uh and and tom gazola who covers the oilers both of them kind of said you know you know he, he wasn't super motivated like didn't really know what happened with the oilers but like just not a good fit not in a good place last year and and you know, I'm not seeing any of that. He's everyone says they love to play with him. He's already got great chemistry with his line. Uh, and so that's been a real pleasant surprise. And he is on a line with Jeff Carter and Blake Lazat, who is he's in his second year in, in the NHL. He's a small mm-hmm. guy. He's very fast. And so that line is 
I, I, I'm just like, I haven't seen a fast line on the Kings in quite some time. Uh, and <laughs> right. so they, they have been looking really good and creating a ton of the chances already for the Kings. You know, Jeff okay. Carter's always been a guy who likes to shoot the puck. And, you know, he, he is doing that. He had like six shots in one game or something already. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I feel like they more so than, you know, the top line with Andre Kopitar, like they're the ones that could cause some havoc if they can get in behind the defense for the avalanche. Okay. Because I mean, the, the Kings, I mean, they're going two, right? They haven't had a third game yet. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, and both of those games were winnable games. Mm-hmm. So, so what is the mindset do you think going in against Colorado? It's like, Oh crap, here comes Colorado or we're ticked off that we lost these two games. And I'm sure professional athletes are going to have maybe this mindset of like, you know, sure, it's going to be a a tall task two games in a row against Colorado. Uh, but look what we did against them last year. The two games that we lost were two games that we should have won. Uh, I, I I know you're not like in the locker room, but maybe listening to press conferences and stuff like that. What is kind of like the morale right now of of the Kings after two, re- especially that second game? Yeah. That was tough. Yeah. <laughs> that was really tough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> so I, what do you I, think I, it is? I think like the messaging that's coming that's come out from post game interviews and everything is like yes we we should have won that game and it's you know a tough pill to swallow to realize that you had you had the 3-1 lead you had it twice and you let it slip away and so I think that they know that they have things to work on and and the two big things are really taking too many stupid penalties and then um just give not not giving up but like not playing the full 60 minutes and I think that they they know that and I I, I don't think that they're afraid of, of they're, they're unlike sure. me, unlike me, they are going into this game, you know, with, you know, for better or worse, they all say what you want to hear them say of, you yeah. know, like, we believe we're a playoff team. We believe that, you know, we can take on any team in this league, whatever the results may vary, but I, I think that they're coming into it with the right attitude of, we need to show what we can do. And we know that we're better than those first two games. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that they will come out strong, whether or not they maintain that for the full 60 minutes. I don't know. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Now, what about, uh, cause everybody, when they talk about like this division, it's the top three with mm-hmm. Colorado, St. Louis, Vegas. And then that fourth spot is left open mm-hmm. and it, you could make an argument you really can make an argument for, for any team, mm-hmm. maybe not Anaheim so much. I don't want to rag on them too much, but <laughs> Uh, anything is possible. Is that the mindset of, you know, the Los Angeles Kings fandom and, and within the organization? Do, do they think they have a, a real shot at sliding into that fourth spot this year? I, I think the organization does, or at least the players do, you know, the front office might already kind of have done, have done their calculations and kind of know what, what's what they think is going to happen. But the team themselves, you know, those guys are all seeing the same things that we are, that those top three spots, we know they're locked up unless something catastrophic happens. We know right. those top three teams, but yeah, that fourth one is kind of anyone's game. And some people slot, like slot the wild in there, but some people say the wild are going to be one of the bottom teams in the league. So yeah. that spot is the one that's up for grabs. And, you know, I, I think they think they can go for it. Uh, the Kings fandom itself is kind of all over the place. Cause there's some people who are definitely already on the like tank for Owen power uh, <laughs> squad, just being like this, this season's a waste and let's just, you know, 
hang it up already. I'm like, okay, we're two games in. Let's calm down. Uh, but you know, I think I think most of the fan the fan base is pretty realistic about the fact that you know we we'll probably see some improvement from last year. I I think there is a chance they could be a bubble team. Like I, they they may not get into the playoffs, but it might come down to you know these two stupid games they just lost against the Wild, where they gave away. Uh, you know, there's going to be so many like three point games essentially because we're all playing each other. Uh, you know, so it, it may come down to them missing the playoff just because of stupid games like this where they had it and then they let it go. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I think the overall feeling from the fans is just being realistic and hoping for a chance to see some of our younger players, uh, especially once we do get close to the trade deadline. Maybe, you know, yeah. they're, they're kind of running out of spare parts to, to trade off. They, they kind of got rid of the biggest ones over the past couple of years and the guys they have left like no one's going to take Dustin Brown and his contract. Like that's just not, I, and maybe this is just because of how the Kings played Colorado. Maybe I'm slighted in that regard, <laughs> but, um, and the Kings were one of the hotter teams in the league, mm-hmm. uh, coming up to the pause. Why does that all of a sudden just go away? Why, why can't that momentum carry into this season, even though it's, you know, mm-hmm. 10 months later, um, you know, if if there are maybe some moves, obviously there are some moves. Oh, I see you have Mark Alt on your team. That's a familiar yeah. face. Yeah, he's hanging, um, he's hanging yeah. out. <laughs> so I don't know. Like I, I kind of, I, I've been asked the question, like who could be that fourth team? And like I said, you can make a case for any of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just maybe the way that the Kings played Colorado, and because they were a, a hot team at the end of last season. Now I know that's last season, but. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like maybe they can put up something, put something together to to make a run for it. It's possible. Yeah, I, I mean, I think they have. It's one of those teams where it's like, and, and I, I've seen this in the AHL a lot, where it's like your team is better than the sum of its parts or whatever. Like you don't have a whole ton of high skill guys, but we've we've seen teams kind of just bully their way through the season with a bunch of guys who shouldn't really be achieving what they are. But right. they all come together and they and they manage to get it done. And I, I feel like that's kind of if the Kings want to do it, like Anja Kopitar puts this team on his back every season. Like mm. he, he carries them. And of course he does. He's the best player on the team, essentially. Right. Uh, and it's just been a, a matter of waiting for those young players to kind of step up and and fill that gap. And, you know, right now we have these sort of in-between guys who are in the like mid to late 20s, like age group who should be stepping up to kind of take the lead and start, you know, moving sure. things forward, but you know, not all of them are really there yet. And all of our good prospects are still a little bit too young to, to really be up here and contribute. But yeah, I mean, I, I was hoping that that seven game win streak would kind of carry over, especially given that it really is almost entirely the same, the same lineup. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I think that they they know that and they just just the consistency isn't there. And the uh, the it, maybe it's even conditioning of, you know, all because they all had 10 months to sit around and, and yeah. you know, 300 some days to not play hockey. You know, some guys are maybe a little more prepared for the season than others. You know, we definitely yeah. have guys who Jeff Carter's one of them who had surgery missed the last month of the regular season because of an injury. And like, he has actually come back looking like he's several years younger than he actually like than he is like, he, he looks like a new player uh, and not like the same guy who I was like, mm, can you just can you go, <laughs> go 
sit for a little bit. Like, there's, <laughs> there's some guys who really did take advantage of all that time sure. off. But sure, um, good. Yeah, it's just it's it's a it's a it's a very weird team because the the talent to at least frustrate other teams is there. It's just the finishing that is not. Hmm you know, not always there. And, you know, some of it's just, they don't have the skill. Like their fourth line is just a bunch of guys, you know, <laughs> which is, you know, sometimes that's okay. But yeah, when you look at the Avalanche's fourth line, when you look at the fourth line of teams that win a Stanley cup, you know, it's usually a line where you're like, wow, those guys would be on any other teams, you know, at least yeah. your third line, like, you know, contributing more and not just playing that, that fourth line role. Right. Uh, you know, whereas the Kings, like these guys are all kind of really, in betweeners of should okay. they really be in the NHL? It's mm, oh <laughs> not good when you have what? to describe them. That is not good. Chris has more thoughts about the avalanche coming up after this. But first, maybe you're getting a picture from this podcast of what you think is going to happen tonight. Maybe you are kind of trying to guess how many goals are going to be scored. And maybe you are thinking that you want to uh, try your hand putting some money down on it. You want to uh, back up that guess with a, a little wager. Well, whether it is hockey, football, basketball, college sports, or really anything else, there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust. That's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Now, as I'm putting this together, I'm actually checking in on some games and, uh, the Canadian division, the North division actually looks pretty interesting right now. And Montreal is looking kind of like one of the best teams in that division. So maybe you're someone who's looking at that game. You're looking at the way the Canadians have performed. You're, I don't know, watching Tyler Toffoli, a little sad that he's no longer on your team. And maybe you think that the Canadians are going to win their division. You can go to betonline.ag and uh, investigate that whole situation. See what the odds are for the Canadians to win their division and, uh, you know, make a little wager. So don't sit on the bench anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Tuesdays on Locked On NHL, it is all about East Coast bias as Locked On Sabres host Joe DiBiase and Mike DiStefano of Locked On Leafs take a look at the biggest stories in the North and East divisions. From Sidney Crosby to Alexander Ovechkin, the up-and-coming Rangers, and everyone in between, Locked On NHL is the place to be for your Canadian and Northeastern-ish intel every Tuesday. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I mean, for for Colorado, you, you earlier you mentioned you know trade deadline that might be interesting, and and that you know kind of going back to the question you asked me about any holes on the team, and really the answer to that is, you know is not trying to be like condescending or anything, but but no, mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of like people are like, what is Colorado going to do with the trade deadline? And and mm-hmm. if everybody is healthy, mm-hmm. you don't need to do anything, which yeah. is just it goes against what the trade deadline is there for. You kind of take these players off of you know, other teams hands and because, you know, they need to save salary cap or what, you know, how the trade deadline works. Mm-hmm. And and I don't know if Colorado really needs yeah. to do that. Now, if there's injuries, sure. Then that's kind of opens up, you know, that, that door for to, to, to bring somebody in for a rental or something like mm-hmm. that. But if everybody's good and e- let's say even people are hurt, their prospect pool is mm-hmm. crazy. Um, and they could just say, no, we don't, we don't want to give up 
Absolutely. you know, draft picks or other prospects to bring in a player, you know, takes take a player off somebody, some other team's hands for a rental when we have just capable, just as good mm-hmm. and, and capable players in our prospect pool. Yeah. So they're just in a great spot all around. Uh, yeah. And not, not only for this year, for, for the foreseeable future. Yeah. I'm just imagining like something happening on the blue line and you're like, oh, darn, guess we got to call up Bo and Byron. <laughs> yeah. what, a, what a horrible problem to have. <laughs> and, and he's there. Like he just came uh, to the taxi squad a couple days ago. Uh, Eric Johnson is returning. He, he was out with mm-hmm. COVID. Uh, so he is coming back. I don't know. We will, we will probably find out game day. I don't think he is actually going to play the first game against the Kings. Mm-hmm. I think he he's back. I think they want him to get, uh, like a handful of practices in mm-hmm. kind of get his wind back and, and bring him back. And that's, th- this goes to kind of show the, the depth that they have, you know, Connor Timmons is there who really is unproven, but they have high hopes for in the future. They have no problem keeping him there for another game or two while Eric Johnson gets some conditioning down and, and they have that luxury. It's, it's just, it's just a, it's, you know, uh, riches that they, that they have, that they've been building for the past several mm-hmm. years. This just didn't just, you know, fall into their lap. They're just, they, they're prepared and yeah. It's good problems to have that they have right now. Yeah, right. And yeah, I feel like, you know, Joe Sackick has been so smart with every you know, trade deadlines and free agency. Like he's not making dumb moves, uh, which yeah. I think makes the avalanche even more dangerous because there's so many teams where you're like, the general manager might mess this up. Like, yeah, he might make a move that just does not help. And I, I don't get that feeling with the avalanche. He has approached this so systematically to build this team and from from a king's perspective it's interesting for me to look at it because you're kind of a couple years ahead of where the kings are right now okay like you know it's not really totally the same situation but the kings have been doing the same thing of building through the draft and they have you know all this young prospect pool that is not quite ready yet but two years from now if we have you know an, an issue at center, you know, oh, darn, we have Quentin Byfield. We have Alex Tricot. Like, we have the people. They're just not fully seasoned yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think the Kings have been approaching it kind of in, in a similar way of we are going to amass a lot of prospects. We are going to get the talent, and they're just not there yet. And maybe in a few years, when some of these older players start cycling out and the young guys start – cycling in and we get to see what Quentin Byfield really has like what is the what's it what's the status on him I I thought he was kind of NHL ready yeah so he he right now I feel like the the team so the team's plan for him and I feel like COVID has changed all of this but the the team's plan for him really was to send him back to the OHL this year just to you know, partially, I think they, they haven't said this, but they've done it in the past with prospects where they're like, we don't actually want this kid to be around an environment that is losing all the time. Wow, really? You know? And like they they I don't know that that's the case with Byfield, but it certainly has in years past where they have, you know, they've had a prospect up for, you know, a couple of games. And could could the guy have earned a, t- a spot on the NHL? Probably. But they're like, this team's going to be bad. And we don't yeah. want that to like rub off on this kid. We don't want him to be around a team that is 
you know, down all the time. Uh, so I, I don't know if that was their motivation with Byfield, but I could see them kind of thinking that. So the plan was he'd go back to juniors, spend the year there, and then come over next year. But now there is no OHL at the moment, and mm. we don't know when there's going to be an OHL. So right now he's actually with the AHL because they're they're letting people assign you know right. those prospects to the AHL for right now. So the plan is that he'll get in games there and you know get to play with them and get to see what he's got there. And you know I, I could see if he come if he plays in the AHL and actually looks dominant. That's a, that, that's going to be an interesting question for them to figure out what to do with him, because I think he could force the conversation. I think that he needs a little more kind of a little more time, but he, I feel like this is actually working out well because he's a player who I would have liked to see, like, I don't know, go to Europe or something, play against men and not teenagers, because yeah. I think he doesn't have anything else to prove in the OHL, no. but could use more experience playing against bigger, stronger, faster guys. So in a way, it's kind of working out that he's going to get that in, in the AHL while waiting to see what happens okay. in Canada. So, but, I mean, is is it a possibility he makes it up this year or no? Is that pretty much door shut? I mean, I before the season or before like before the whole return to play and everything started i would have said no that he there's there was no no chance they have a plan for him they have a timeline for him but i i think that if he plays in these ahl games and he looks ready i think that you know they could at least give him a couple games you know they, i think that they still have that i think they they like mm-hmm. it or whatever but that you know you can play a couple games in the nhl before you really have to you know, do something with the contract. So I could see him getting a couple games to see, to see what happens. Yeah. I I think that they have just had to reimagine their whole timeline for him because of all this. Hmm. Uh, Going back to, you know, we were talking about the trade deadline and how Joe Sackick makes all, you know, like it seems like he pushes all the right buttons. It all changed for me last year when, when he, he, he's never been the guy to make a huge splash at the trade deadline. So I was really expecting too much from him, to, you know, this year. Uh, and I say it all changed for me last year when he did not pull the the trigger on Taylor Hall. Mm-hmm. And I think the Avs were were sitting front and center because they had all the prospects last year to to acquire him, and he didn't. He wasn't going to do it. Mm-hmm. And so now my mindset has completely changed on Joe Sakic and and acquiring big names he's just not going to do it if it means sacrificing his future mm-hmm. so it, and i guess i mean it's it's a, it's a smart logic i mean you you are drafting these guys and you are conditioning them in a lower level to get them ready to play in the nhl and he fully believes the guys that he has selected he selected them to play in the nhl mm-hmm. why is he going to spend all these years conditioning them only to give them away when they're so close to hitting the NHL and have another team reap those rewards. Yeah. So yeah. it makes sense. And, and he's, he's firm in those choices. So it's, uh, I mean, I, we can't argue with the logic because look mm-hmm. what they have. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a th- pretty thing to watch. Yeah. I feel yeah. like we see, we see a little bit of the same thing. Like I said, we're, we're clearly not anywhere near the avalanche in terms of, you know, being a competent no. team. But, uh, you know, we we see the same thing with Rob Blake in that, you know, there's a lot of voices being like, you know, anytime some, you know, big young player makes noise about not wanting to be on his team anymore, Patrick Laine, uh, Artemi Panarin a couple years uh-huh. ago, now Pierre-Luc Dubois in, in Columbus, there's always a bunch of people who are like, 
the king should the king should make a deal for him because the kings have a ton of cap space right now like they right. could fit in any of these big name guys who are who are out there but rob blake has been very you know steadfast about not trading away the guys that he has drafted not giving up on you know n- not trying to go for the quick fix like they they're right. in it for the long the long haul and you know why bring in a patrick line right now when you're not going to you're not going to get anything you're not going to get to the playoffs like he all because he's going to score goals maybe doesn't fix the rest of the team right. so it's that same sort of patient attitude um you know of, of just waiting for their their people to be ready and we're getting there i and i think it's a right attitude to have i mean it's not gonna the fan base is, doesn't want to hear that mm-hmm. but um you know for the avalanche they went from a historically awful season to being in the playoffs in, mm-hmm. in, in one season so you know as long as you got the, the right guys in place and you you can't have a revolving door at coach you can't have mm-hmm. a revolving door with players you got to keep the, the the guys together and then they'll start figuring it out. And it seemed like they started to do that at the end of last mm-hmm. year for the Kings. So I don't know why I just, I just like this team. Maybe like you're saying, like everybody I talk to is maybe not as excited as the Kings for this year as I am. But um, yeah, I think they have a, a really good future ahead of them. They're, they're going to be a dangerous team. I think if they can keep doing what they're doing, I think that they have, yeah, they have the potential. I'll be interested to see, you know, in March or in April or whenever the season is actually supposed to end, like right. when get a little further in, I feel like I'm just kind of giving everyone a pass for the first like 20 games or something. Like it's, it's just, yeah. but you know, once you. we get a couple months in, like, I think we'll see a little bit more what this team actually is and, and, and what needs to happen. But mm-hmm. I am crossing my fingers that someday we will uh, we will be right up there with you guys and uh, be a team that people know are going to make the playoffs instead It'll be of fun. Well, if everything else goes wrong for all of these other teams, <laughs> yeah, we, we can reap those benefits, right? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So, so what do you think? Do you do you think the Kings will get one of that one of these next two games? Do you think uh, the Avs sweep them? What 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 is your prediction on these next two games? I think that I think they'll split. I think that Colorado will win one and, and the Kings will win one. And I'm saying that a little bit because I, I don't want to put the the negative energy out there in, in the sure. world. They're going to go on a four game losing streak to start the season. But, I, you know, I think that, again, two games, whatever, but each game they've gotten a little a little more together, a little closer. Uh, they lost the last one in heartbreaking fashion, but mm. you know, they almost had it. They They were two seconds away from having it. And then they didn't. So I think that they just get a little better and a little better each game. And I think that maybe they're a team that also raises their their level of play to the, op- the opposition and maybe playing against Colorado, a team that everyone expects yeah. them to lose to, uh, will make them step it up a notch. So I, yeah. I think that, you know, they're probably going to get embarrassed once, <laughs> kind, of, <laughs> kind of like that Blues Colorado series. The one game's probably going to be real ugly and right. then the other one might be a little closer. I think we'll see, you know, a a lot in the first game. I think the Kings will come out angry about those first two games that they, that they should have had and give it their all. And then if they can come out on top uh, in the first game, I think you'll get, you know, how Colorado responded to a Mm -hmm. loss in St. Louis uh, for game two here. If Colorado manages to get the first game, I, I I think the Kings are just going to be like, what the hell do we have to do to win a game? 
And how long does that carry out for mm-hmm. is, is the mm-hmm. question. So they, yeah. they, they got to get, you got to get the first win. Once yeah. you get the first win, you get that off your back and then you can like, you know, just let loose a little bit. So if they can get that in the first game, uh, I think the second game would be interesting. If they don't get it in the first game, watch uh, it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they'll still come out fighting, but it, they might have that mindset of like, we gave this team everything that we had mm-hmm. and we still didn't win. What yeah. the heck do we have to do? Yeah. Well, we will see, and we will get yeah. to see each other six more times after this. I love it, and see how see how both of our teams are progressing. Thanks right. for uh, thanks for sharing all your thoughts on the Avalanche, and I, I can't wait to see what happens. And hopefully, it is a game that I can at least tolerate to watch. Yeah. <laughs> we'll find out uh, for people who want to kind of get the uh, the other side of the ice, the, your perspective on, on the game and everything. Where can they find you and your show and all that stuff out there online? Uh, on Twitter, l o p n underscore avalanche. Uh, also on Instagram, just search Locked On Avalanche, and that's kind of. I have a personal Twitter page, but I don't do anything on it. I just I use the show page to entertain people. So that's it for today's show. Thanks so much to Chris for joining us. Uh, we will, of course, have him on later in the season when we see the Avalanche again. Hopefully, we both know a little bit more about our teams and what they look like when we uh, face off again. And hopefully, you know, the Kings will have figured out by then how to win a game. Go check him out on social media. Go check out Locked on Avalanche. Learn a little bit more about our opponent. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow with uh, some thoughts and feelings on however this game goes. So you can find me on Twitter at Right Said Sarah. This show's on Twitter at Locked on LA Kings. Make sure you're subscribing to this podcast. It is available wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple, Spotify, Google, and many more. If you are someone who listens via Google Podcasts and you had an issue a while ago with finding the the show, if it disappeared from your uh, subscription list or whatever, uh, please know that issue has been fixed. Uh, It was, you know, one of those magical computer things that just fixed itself. But you may have to resubscribe to the show if you uh, have been listening via some other method because you were annoyed because you couldn't find it on Google anymore. Uh, It is, at least last time I checked, back up there. If you are a Google Podcast listener, we are allegedly all better there. So make sure you're subscribing to the show or resubscribing if it's somehow dropped off your radar. Leave a rating or a review. Tell your buddies all about it and come back tomorrow to find out exactly what the Kings did right or wrong. Until next time, this has been Locked on Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.